Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Nate Maxson, your host, here with you. And on this week's episode, we are discussing the 2023 We Can't Wrestle podcast Hall of Fame. You know, we do our Hall of Fame every single year here for the We Can't Wrestle podcast. I have a, uh, a, a panel of, of folks that get to vote on it every single year. It grows every single year. And I want to pr- take time to appreciate even those that don't ap- appear on the actual podcasts to discuss the Hall of Fame. I want to thank all of my panel members for taking their time out to vote and because this is just a little nerdy pet project for me anyway, I know in the grand scheme of everything in pro wrestling, it means absolutely nothing. But to us here, it does. And it's a cool way to have some discussion, some debate on pro wrestlers, their impact, their importance. I really enjoy doing this Hall of Fame every single year. It's my favorite thing to do on the podcast. Now, as you know, every single year we uh, have a panel, like I said, who do nominations, and if someone gets enough uh, suggestions to be nominated, they go on to the ballot. And normally, um, it is a smaller ballot than this. Normally, we have a 25-person ballot. This year, so many names got inducted by different people to skew the counts a little bit that it actually expanded to a 30-person ballot this year, which is cool. That's cool. Um But from 2020, 2021, and 2022, already in the Hall of Fame uh, for the We Can't Wrestle podcast Hall of Fame were Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, The Undertaker, Bobby Heenan, Andre the Giant, Randy Savage, Vince McMahon Jr., Steve Austin, Terry Funk, Dusty Rhodes, Bruno San Martino, Jerry the King Lawler, Harley Race, Jim Cornette, Bret Hart, Luthez, The Road Warriors, Roddy Piper, Shawn Michaels, Gene Okerlund, Fred Blassie, Buddy Rogers, Kurt Henning, and Paul Heyman. So that is all the talent that is already in the We Can't Wrestle podcast Hall of Fame. So based on all of that information, here is the 2023 Hall of Fame ballot of 30. And I will tell you how long they've been on the ballot as well because of the whole five-year rule. So here we go. Starting off, it's Stu Hart. He's been on the ballot four years. Sting, four years. Ricky Dozon, four years. The next uh, guys have been on for three years. Mick Foley, Arn Anderson, The Rock, Bob Backlund. The next group has been on the ballot for two years. Vader, Ted DiBiase, The Junkyard Dog, The Midnight Express, Sherry Martell, Rick Rude, Rick Steamboat, Sergeant Slaughter, The Sheik, John Cena. And these group, the next group of people is on the ballot for the first time in 2023. Rey Mysterio Jr., Antonio Inoki, Nick Bockwinkle, Gorilla Monsoon, Chris Jericho, Trish Stratus, Kane, Jimmy Hart, Gorgeous George, Bruiser Brody, The Von Erics, Eddie Guerrero, and Playboy Buddy Rose. And now, well, of course, the criteria um, to be in the Hall of Fame to get nominated, to get in, to get, you know, what what people are supposed to consider on the panel when they're voting and making their decisions. Ten plus years as a pro, exceptions could be made, of course, in a situation like Magnum TA. In-ring ability, promo ability, being of significance to the business, whether as a whole or to a certain promotion or territory. Drawing power. And for tag teams, they need to have been a consistent team for at least one calendar year. So here we go. I'm flipping through, flipping through, flipping through. Yeah, I do things old school on paper, folks. But anyway, here we go. This is the 2023 class of the We Can't Wrestle podcast Hall of Fame 
These are the folks that made it in this year as we keep on voting each and every year and inducting people into our Hall of Fame. Nick Bockwinkle, Bruiser Brody, Stu Hart, The Junkyard Dog, The Sheik, Gorilla Monsoon, Ted DiBiase, and Sting. That is your 2023 We Can't Wrestle podcast class of the Hall of Fame. And at this point, I'm going to go ahead and go into a conversation about said Hall of Fame with some of the panelists, my brother Aaron, Archie Mitchell, and Mark Brew, and myself discuss the 2023 class of the Hall of Fame. This will probably be the first of a few different episodes with different members of the panel, but I did get those three guys together for a conversation about this year's Hall of Fame, and here it is. All right, everyone, here on this edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast, I am happy that we are finally running through... The 2023 We Can't Wrestle Podcast Hall of Fame. And of course, this will be possibly the first of, of many or a few at least segments of, of me recording with some of our some of our um, panel that inducts every single year, nominates and inducts. Of course, my brother Aaron is here. Hello, everybody. Mr. Archie Mitchell. Hola. No, oh, I didn't say Senior Archie Mitchell. Oh, yeah, I, I know my game. I know, uh, and it makes my Ola look weird now. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> and of course, Mark Brew is here as well. Oh, la, oh, la. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, we're uh, like I said, we're discussing the twenty twenty three class of the we can't wrestle podcast hall of fame and as you all heard at the beginning of the show i've already run down who's all in from the years prior i've already run down the criteria i've already run down this year's ballot and we actually had so many different names nominated on this year's ballot i had to actually expand the ballot to 30 people on the ballot this year so um that was a new thing for this year a little larger ballot, but as the years go on, it's like we always say: as the years go on, you're going to have you're going to have more varied nominations and more varied votes because you've gotten rid of you know you've gotten people like a Steve Austin or an Undertaker or or a Vince McMahon or just whoever the bigger names that are gimmies, they're kind of out of the way now. So it's now it's getting into the the nuts and bolts and the nitty gritty. I have I have one big. I have one big bitch fest to go on for this year's Hall of Fame, and I'll go on that later on. But we will start. And, of course, the guys also, as we go through, we're going to discuss the people that got in. Um, We'll discuss whether or not we voted for them or didn't. And then at the end, we will go through to see who everybody voted for and and quickly who some nominations were to from you guys. So um, the first person, the first inductee, and I always say the first because I go by who had the most votes on the ballot. And there was actually a three-way tie for number one this year for getting votes on the ballot. But the first guy that got it in, the first guy that got the amount of votes in that he needed to get in this year was Nick Bockwinkle. And the crowd and goes the, mild. And let me see here. Um, <laughs> no, I was just The crowd didn't go mild. We were just waiting for... Nate to say that, who that was a dead silence. That was a dead silence. Yeah, and I, don't and worry. I'm not, 
he'll pipe in some crowd noise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like COVID. <laughs> um, the only one of the four of us that voted for Bachwinkle, and actually, the funny thing is, people get to be on the ballot for five years after being nominated, and then they have to. After five years, they fall off. They go back to the nomination process. A uh, couple of the guys that got in this year, a few of them, this is the first year they were on the ballot. So that just shows you how, you know, Nick Bocklingle, this is the first year that he, he found his way on the ballot and he's already in the hall. And actually of the four of us, uh, Aaron is the only one that voted for Bockwinkle. So Aaron, I will let you start um, your reasons for voting for Nick on the ballot. Uh here, I, I voted for Nick. He wasn't on my suggestions list, but I did vote for Nick because um, he was on there. And when I saw his name, I'm like, well, he's he's a, like you said, Nate, he's a gimme. You know what I mean? Like, is AWA my favorite territory of all time? Absolutely not. But um, you can't deny the fact that that dude um other than Vern obviously because Vern ran it but it's kind of like a Jerry Lawler thing where he was the man in that fucking territory it, in you know the I mean? aw in the AWA it's three names it's Nick Bockwinkle Vern Gagne and Mad Dog Bashan yeah and the, you and, know, and, those Nick, are your, and actually surprisingly Vern Gagne has never made our ballot yet but anyway that's a whole nother story <laughs> It's because of his criminal activities at the end of his life. But anyway, um, Nick is a guy that should be in there. And it's kind of like, I don't want to be too long winded, but when I think of like a seventies wrestler, he's one of the, he's one of the guys I think about, you know what I mean? It's like, there's not a lot of seventies wrestling that I'm knowledgeable about. And mm -hmm. sit down and watch, but I'll watch a Nick Bockwinkle match because that dude was ahead of his time in that aspect. And he, he's kind of like I'm more of an NWA guy, obviously. But if I had to compare it to something, it'd be like he's like the Harley Race of the AWA. Well, and if Nick Bockwinkle ever would have went to the NWA and wrestled there full time, he would have been the NWA champion. There's oh yeah, no doubt. There's no doubt about it. But he stayed in 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 Minnesota. He stayed in the AWA because he liked Vern. He liked the schedule in the AWA. They didn't wrestle in the summer, or I mean, in the winter or summer, whatever. You know what I mean? They 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 they, they yeah. only wrestled like six months out of the year. So he liked the schedule. He liked the promotion. He just stayed there. And but yeah, he would have easily been an NWA champion if he would have uh, if he would have went there. I mean, I guess technically he did work for the NWA because. I mean, shit, he had a career for 14 years before he even went to the AWA in 1970. But, yeah, anyway. And, and the other thing I'll say about it, like I said, I'm not going to say I'm a Nick Bockwinkle connoisseur and I know all about his career and everything, but the one thing I'll say is, like, he wasn't boring. And I know there's going to be people that are older than us that say, like, oh, wrestling in the 70s was great. But when I watch some of that stuff, I'm like, yeah, this is kind of boring. Like Killer Kowalski, he trained a lot of guys, and I'm not going to say he wasn't, like, you know, a talented dude, but he was boring mm -hmm. to me, you know? Yeah. But Nick, to me, Nick Bockwinkel wasn't boring. Like him, Ray, and Bobby Heenan, fucking great. 
So that that's why, like, necessarily I didn't suggest him because he wasn't somebody that was on my radar. But when I looked at the list of suggestions, I'm like, yeah, I, I put Buck Wiggle in there. Archie, any Archie, anything to say on uh, Nick Bachwinkle? I I'll be honest. I trust what Aaron said, and I I trust what you said because I never really I've only seen two Nick Bachwinkle matches in my entire life, and that's not because I didn't like his career or anything. It's just I've never really been interested to look into it. I do remember him as the WCW uh, commissioner, or you know what he was like the the main focal, you know, one of the main. Uh, <laughs> What's the word I'm looking when, for? Authority figures. When he when he was when he was a WCW commissioner, you know what? Yeah. He 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 always looked like he like in his older days, Nick Bachwinkle mm. always looked like he smelled like Old Spice. Probably, probably. <laughs> but you know, I I don't know enough about him to go into detail. But I will say that what I know of Nick Bachwinkle, what I've read about him, and what I've the couple matches I did see, he he could go in the ring. So he definitely deserves a whole in fame induction. Mr. Brew? Um, only thing I know is that he held the uh, title for close to five years, and I figured Aaron would vote for him because he gave Kurt the rub. Oh, that hour match they had fantastic. <laughs> and the, the couple of things that I'll say about it is long career, never got bad. He was he was as good he was as good at in '87 when he was winding it down and, and everything as he was when he was younger. And if you look at the criteria that we have for our Hall of Fame, he checks a bunch of boxes: in ring ability, promo ability. He was a great promo, um, and being of significance to a promotion or territory, like we just said. Without Bachwinkle, Ganya, and Mad Dog, what's the AWA? You know, they, they kind of define a promotion. And he and Stevens, he, he Nick Bockwinkel and Ray Stevens, I have seen clips, mere clips of matches from them. But I have talked to people and listened to other people who actually have got to experience them live, got to experience them on TV or in an arena or whatever. And Nick Bockwinkel and Ray Stevens, if you talk to people that lived it, will tell you, they are one of the greatest tag teams of all time. We just don't have enough video of them. We just don't have enough to be able to sit down, you know, like we do with fucking the Hart Foundation or the British Bulldogs or 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 the Rockers or whoever to sit down. But anybody that I've ever talked to or listened to that experienced those two as a team in person say that is one of the greatest tag teams ever. And I got to take their word for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> you have to take the word for the people that saw it. So. All right, so the next guy that got in this year, another one, he was one of the three that tied for the most, and it also was another guy that it was his first year on the ballot. I was actually surprised. I'm not, I don't want to say surprised in that I don't think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, but when I looked at what our ballot wound up being, I was actually really surprised this guy got in this year, and it's Bruiser Brody. Yeah, um, that, that's a shocker. Archie, you did vote for Brody. Yes. Um, Aaron, you did not. Mark, you did. So Archie and Mark, you both voted for Brody. So Archie, I'll let you start on Bruiser oh. Brody. One of the best big, one of the best big men, rugged, all around pound for pound brawler 
that uh, I've ever had to witness, you know, the pleasure of witnessing wrestle, you know what I mean? Um, every mm-hmm. match I've ever seen was, with him was entertaining. Uh, he was, he was a, he was a come to life caveman. Oops. I'm sorry about that text message. Right. Can you guys still hear me? Yeah. He, he was the come to life caveman almost, you know what I mean? But then with this crazy wrestling ability too, because when a guy's that big and that lumbering, you don't expect him to be able to pull off some of the moves that Brody used to pull off. Right. And I mean, whether it was Puerto Rico, whether it was here in the States, it didn't matter who he went against in the ring. He complimented them perfectly. So Bruiser Brody is definitely deserving of, a, of any Hall of Fame that he gets into. And it's shocking that he only just got in this year to this one. So, Mark? The thing I, I really enjoyed about Brody is it, it's kind of like the grassroots uh, of wrestling. You know, he was he was a sideshow act. Like, come see this deranged madman. He's going to battle it out with this other humongous man from the Sudan. You know what right. I'm saying? It, it, it's like he's a he was a marquee name, and that's that's what you pay to see him wrestling. And 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 yeah, you mentioned Abby and Abdullah and Brody. Abdullah and Brody is one of those. It's one of those for at least for wrestling fans that remember or wrestling fans that were paying attention or, or respect history. I'd say Bruiser and Bruiser and Bruiser and Abdullah is one of those rivalries. It's it's uh, it's Hogan Andre. It's it, you know for it's for what they did in the te- like in Japan and in Texas and and all that. It's Hogan Andre. It's Flair Steamboat. It's it's. Oh, it's Ganya Bachwinkle, you know. It's it's and they and they took that shit all over the world. They went they went <laughs> to Texas, they went to right. Japan, they went to Puerto Rico, and 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 just and it, I'm not. It, it's funny because Abdullah is to me is one of those guys that was. I don't I don't particularly care for his work, but I still watch him because he fascinates me. And when I was a kid, when I was a kid. I remember he was a wrestler that I was just like, it's work rate wasn't great, of course, but I was just awestruck by Abdullah the Butcher. Like this guy, this guy looks crazy as fuck. And then you see him with, well, you see him with Brody, and you're like, these guys are crazy as fuck. And it's just like it's it it just it sticks in your head, and it's just there. And there's something to be said for that. On a on a on an off top, not off topic, but to defend Abdullah. His time against Brody and when he was in Japan was much different than his time in WCW. There was right. Oh yeah, yeah. his work rate was better other places because WCW obviously wanted to be more him to be more comical. But as far as him versus Brody goes, it's like somebody saw lightning. You know that that expression, lightning in a bottle, mm-hmm. and said, "Well, we've captured it. Let's take it everywhere." We might as yeah, well this, because we've got good. It's good here. You know what I it's mean? It's just, it, yeah, it's that magic of watching them brawl out into a right. crowd and, and watching right. these Japanese people just scatter and be like, oh, right. oh you know, and just <laughs> running away like, oh my God, the crazy man. It was, a, it's, I mean, it's just, it was sorry, for my, sorry for my uber racist Asian accent there. <laughs> <laughs> it was a come to life Godzilla versus King Kong almost. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The way you mentioned seeing the Japanese people run away. That's what you imagine if, if they saw Godzilla and King Kong fighting in the arena, you know? 
Yeah. So yeah, the but but Brody, like I said, whether it was Abby or a smaller opponent, whether it was with Stan Henson, you know, Brody brought every match to life. So there really you really can't say well he had a boring match. He always made it good. So, Aaron, your thoughts on Bruiser Brody? Yeah. Uh oh. Wait for <laughs> it. Wait for it. What about Abby? Hold on. You froze up for a minute. Go ahead and start over. Well, all you guys went away too. Sorry. Um, can I say one thing on Abby? Yes. About what you said about him. Um, and it's not a knock. It's just an opinion thing. <laughs> it's like um, he said, oh, I didn't really like his work. It's like, well, yeah, you did. No, I didn't say because like his Because, yeah, he kind of did, but that's okay. Sometimes, and, and I'm not knocking, I'm just saying, like, sometimes less is more. That was a dude, and I know we didn't put him in the Hall of Fame, but there was a dude that realized his limitations and was like, okay, I'm going to take what I do, know how to do, and make it fucking work and create a fucking 50 year career out of it. That's what I'll say about Abby. But um, the only reason I didn't vote for Bruiser was because of the criteria of it, you know, because this is the first time I saw his name on the list. So I'm sh- like, like to vote for, right? Mm-hmm. Said it was his yes. first year on it. Yes. I'm like, yeah, he just got on it. We got four more years for it. And there were other people that I wanted to vote for that had been on it before. Does that make that sense? Was- yeah, oh yeah, because that's that's exactly why I didn't vote for him. It wasn't that again, yeah. it's not that I don't think he's deserving. I just saw other people I wanted to vote for first because he had many years to go to be on the ballot. Yeah. And the one thing I'll say about Bruiser, and then we can move on to somebody else because I don't want to be the long-winded guy, which I usually am, is <laughs> a testament to Bruiser Brody is the same thing you can say about like Hulk Hogan or the Road Warriors is how many, or Ric Flair, how many other fucking dudes that got into the business after him basically pretended to be him. Mm -hmm. Right. Definitely. There's not a lot of guys that get cloned, but Brody got cloned so much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. the resemblance between him and the Berserker is fucking uncanny. Well, the Berserker, yeah. the Berserker would have been Brody. And, and right. I'm saying I'm sa- what I'm saying is he wouldn't have been necessarily the Berserker, but the because I was my last thing I was gonna say on him was I think he probably, if he wouldn't have gotten killed, he probably would have been a first ballot Hall of Famer because there was there was talk before he passed away that Vince wanted Bruiser Brody in the WWF. It would have never worked. <laughs> it would have never I, worked. With, I, I, with I their really, personalities, it would have never worked. I don't know. I don't know. Guys get to that I, point in their life. Guys get to that point in their life where it's about no, I'd I, like to I'd like to make some money and be able to be secure. I know, but if Hogan couldn't get along with Vader, he would never get along with Brody. That shit would have never. Yeah, I, I got to agree with Aaron. I think that if Brody would have went to the WWE, 
not just with the wrestlers, it would have been the first time we heard somebody choked out Vince, as opposed to it being Nails being the first guy. Brody might have like just beat the crap out of Vince and walked out. You know what I mean? I, I don't think he could have handled it. Well, you know, I, I, he, and, uh, and, and, I mean, it's. it's I'm not. Insane. I'm not saying. I'm not saying it wasn't a thing like that. He wasn't going to go there because Brody. Right. Sorry, because Nord has said they were supposed to go in together. Yeah. But I, I don't think fun. I don't think Brody would have lasted six months in that fucking company. Damn! Imagine a tag team of Brody and Nord with Mr. Fuji as their their uh, manager. That would have been pretty cool. I would never say never, just because sometimes money really does. Talk. Oh no, they would have got there, but I think Brody would have like probably almost killed Vince McMahon. You know what I mean? Or Patterson, or one of them. You know. So we're talking about Vince Junior, right? Right. Okay. Well, welcome to the Hall of Fame, Frank Goodish, Bruiser Brody. And now the next guy that got in, tied for first place on votes on the ballots. He's been on our ballot since we started. Four years it took him to get in. But this year, finally, the one and only Stu Hart enters the We Can't Wrestle Podcast Hall of Fame. About fucking time. And in our messengers, I felt attacked. Because <laughs> I didn't even bring him up. And both these fucking guys were like, I don't know nothing about Stu Hart. Fuck Stu Hart. I'm like, what? No one said fuck. No one ever uttered the words fuck Stu Hart. That's a lie. Nate's like, oh, well, got to write this note down. <laughs> Aaron, you and I are the two on this little um gathering that voted for Stu. So why don't you go ahead and start your opinions, Stu Hart? Um actually I've um, I've actually voted for Stu three of the four years we've been doing this. So um I voted for Stu every year that we've done it and he was like one of my first person he was one of the first guys that I put on my list not only for the fact of how far back he went in the history of professional wrestling. Like he, it, I would, I, I'm not going to say he's a pioneer, but he kind of is. Cause he grew up on a fucking prairie. You know what I mean? Like, but anyway, um, I'm not going to say that I've <laughs> seen two heart matches, but what I'll say is, um, I haven't seen a lot of Fred Blassie matches, when he was in his twenties and thirties either. You know what I mean? But Freddie's on the list. And, and I, I would count Freddy on it. I, I would I, I would I, I was just gonna no, say no, I would count I would count Stu as part of the pioneer era because okay. there you go. because he debuted in I think 43, 42 or 43. Well he debuted before televised wrestling. And he was still working in with guy them guys like fucking Ed Lewis and so I mean, yeah. I, I would count him as a pioneer. My, me personally. Okay. All right. Well, then it's your fucking Hall of Fame, so we'll put him <laughs> in as a pioneer. And um, it's just the magnitude of what that guy meant to the fucking business. Of for one, right at the top of it, like Nate said, he wasn't on. He wasn't in wrestling 
before TV, but he was a major part of it when it got on TV. Mm-hmm. And then um, count his family, his kids, you know, every single one of those boys were not made, not every one of his kids were mainstream wrestlers, but none of them were bad. And then the people that he produced out of his fucking basement is insane. Like in 97, it's stupid how many, I shouldn't say, when I say stupid, I don't mean like stupid, like the, I mean like it's stupid how many guys. In, in my opinion, the greatest era of wrestling from like 92 to like 99 had Stu Hart have their hands on them. You know what I mean? That dude did so much for, for fucking professional wrestling and gave so much for it. And I, I, I can't see a Hall of Fame without having him in it. And that's my three words for Stu. The reason why I voted for him so many times was because, I mean, I know after when I write it, I know after it, I wrote it, I write it being of of a promotion or a territory or the whatever. But as far as the business goes, the main reason Stu Hart deserves in the 2023 any class of any wrestling Hall of Fame is three words: being of significance. He was he was of significance, like Aaron said. He trained. He fucking made <laughs> literally like <laughs> him and his yeah, wife his made balls, some of his the balls are amazing <laughs> he tra- he trained some of the greats being of significance to a promotion he started and ran a promotion for fucking 50 years or whatever um yeah Stu Stu's definitely to me just Hall of Fame and and, and like you guys Mark and, and Archie you're talking about in our chat I haven't seen a lot of Stu Hart matches either to be honest with you, I've seen, I've, I've seen black and white bits and pieces. I've seen some footage from Canada when he was older, like when he was in there with the boys and stuff. But I just think well, for me, it's not even so much that it's the of significance thing. Well, look, I, I'll, I don't care I'll, about his matches. It's it's what he contributed. I look, I, I understand you guys' point. I, I see your point. But when I was looking at the criteria of voting and it was nothing against Stu. I like right. to at least know no, the no, and that I'm voting voting for. So yeah, he the, was a great. That's, he's a, one of the best uh, trainers and guys to put together. You know, some of the best wrestlers we've ever seen. Yes, I that's, agree. That's the hard. That's the hardest thing about the Hall of Fame thing. Is it's always like, I gotta vote for this guy. But when you don't vote for somebody, then you feel like you're voting against them. And I'm like, I'm not voting right. against him. I just want right. to vote for this guy. You know what right. I mean? Like. Uh, right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and it's subjective. Yeah. Right. See, I, I wish I could say I based my, my votes on, well, I like this guy more. No, I wish I could say it. it's I based it on guys I knew more about than, you know, so as much as I know about Stu the trainer, I also know there was like 40 years before I even started watching wrestling that I don't know nothing about him. So I can't, right. you know, say neither like, here nor there if I like him or not, you know. And, 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 like I said, with like Bruiser, where I didn't want to vote for Bruiser Brody because he just got on it. It was like we initially did this and Stu didn't get in for like the first four. I'm like, I'm gonna vote for fucking Stu every year until he's not allowed to be voted for anymore. This is like I'm gonna fucking die on this goddamn hill. Because he's the you know fucking the guy, man. 
At least the you at least, at least you finally got to get off your hill this year. We'll get to that though. Okay, but you know the guy that trained Stu also co-founded WWE. Uh, WWE uh, with, that's uh, funny. Senior. That's funny because I just had this. I just had this right here. It's in front of me right now, Mark. <laughs> toots tweet. Yeah. It's a Toots tweet. Toots Mont tweeting yep. out hashtag Stu. Glad you finally got in. The boy I once trained. Hashtag <laughs> Stu Hart. Hall of Fame. Thank you. <laughs> Hashtag old woolies. Yeah. yeah, that was a good. That was a good segue, huh? <laughs> yeah, the nice toots tweet that goes out to Kyle Army because he kind of. Oh man. Tweet. But uh, how many yeah. years has it been since we listened to Tootsie Goodbye? Those are the old days of the show. Oh yeah, those are pioneer days. But yeah, Stu Hart. What's next? And that, Who's next? That was my. That was my. And it, we kind of covered my reason for voting for him all these years, um, being of significance. The next guy that got in this year, it was actually his second year on the ballot. And let me see if any of us voted for him. I know I did, but I did, and Mister Brew did. I did not. And did you vote for him, Archie? Let me see. No, Archie didn't. So, uh, Aaron, you did not either for this guy. Yeah. I, nominated guy. I nominated him. Of course, I'm going to fucking vote for him. The next guy, the junkyard dog. Shame on you, Aaron. How could you not vote? <laughs> it was his first year. I ain't going to waste it. I'm messing with it's, you. It's, I didn't vote for him either. It's his second year, but I will say this. Uh, Mark, I'll let you start us off on JYD, and then I'll go, and then we'll let Aaron and Archie come in. Man, it's, it's like the title to our episode when we were speaking on him when we was going through the magazine. That dude was literally the Black Hawk Hogan, a fucking Mid-South, and just he was nationally beloved. You know what I'm saying? Like, Growing up as a kid, Jay, well, I was astounded by he—he he was simple, like he kept his moves simple. But <laughs> and, and you got to grab them cakes. <laughs> <laughs> and well, that's what I but him and Piper that feud, fucking iconic. The. There was a time between 1981 and 1983, and this is kind. Of, I'm kind of, I'm kind of being facetious here, but I don't know if I am or not. I'm just throwing it out there. There was a time between 1981 and 1983 where you would have a toss-up, probably whether the Junkyard Dog or the Saints were more popular in New Orleans. <laughs> um, that guy then that's where he gets it for me of course promo ability in-ring ability hey for what he was supposed to be he was good at what he did too but being of significance like i think you can take the two and a half to three year like mark compared it to hulk hogan style run in 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 mid-south of jyd and equate it to any of the biggest runs in the history of pro wrestling 
Um, by the time he got to the WWF, he was just essentially charisma because you know he started he his demons and and he really slowed down and and all that. But you get a chance to go back and watch some of that JYD shit in Mid South from the early '80s, and I'll put that up against any babyface run for any wrestler ever to ever do it. A lot of people don't know this, but he had a political science degree. Then he played for the Green Bay Packers. That I didn't know. The, the Green Bay Packers did, but um, that's probably it's probably why I don't like him. Sorry, there. No JYD. I'm not gonna knock the guy at all. Like I'm a I'm a fan of the Junkyard Dog. He, he is one of the guys that's on this list as one of the only guys uh, how do I say it like I know I talked about Stu like I was I was pushing for him because I voted for him every year and I wanted him to get on the list JYD is the one guy mm-hmm. that made it that um, I want to say there's four or five guys that I think should be on before him if that makes sense. Like, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. I'm just saying I saw guys on this list that I'm like, eh, maybe this guy should be on before him. Because Nate, he hits every criteria yeah. that you have on your list. Like, mm-hmm. JYD was a great promo. I don't think he was a shitty worker. No, no. He, he became he, a shitty worker. He did. He did. He got fat and he got hooked. But when he was solid, Mm -hmm. like when he was in stand, like when he was in Stampede working for Stu Hart, Stu Hart, (laughs) as Big Daddy Ritter, he was fantastic. When he worked for Bill, he was great. By the time he got to Vince, he was done in that aspect of it. But it's like, but he he did promo, and I I was going to say he. In the early in the early in the early days of the national expansion, he fit the he, he was the perfect puzzle piece to slide right in there. Sports entertainment, you know, he was he was the perfect yeah. guy. That one of the best episodes of Tuesday Night Titans is like <laughs> JYD in the leather suit eating soul food with Vince McMahon and Lord Alfred Hayes because he's like you never oh, had a chitlin. I, Lord Alfred Hayes, you never had a chitlin. <laughs> Lord Alfred yeah, Hayes is like a chitlin. A chitlin? A chitlin? Yeah, that that was the charisma of it, you know. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, um, um, it's it, it's not the same, but it kind of is. Like we, like Nate, when you and I talk about the bushwhackers getting there, it's like you don't have to bust your head open anymore. You don't have to do all this shit. Just sit back, relax, and let your personality come out. You know, yep. like when on that Saturday night's main event when it's Mother's Day and he's got his mama on there and shit. You know what I mean? That's, that's good stuff. <laughs> but like I was saying, charisma, in-ring ability, um, uh, what was the other one? Like like running a town. Being a significant territory, territory. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Bill Watts wouldn't have got where he was fucking at without JYD because he never got there after he left. Like, it wasn't the fact that JYD was black. Like, that wasn't it. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Like he left and Bill was like, oh, we need to find our next black superstar. It's like, no, you need to find your next superstar. Yeah, he, tra- he tried to replace JYD with George Wells and call him Master G. And fucking, <laughs> that's not the fact that he uh, was black. It yeah, was that's the fact what I- that he was cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was cool and charismatic and like the afro was awesome, you know, but it mm-hmm. wasn't all of it. It was he wasn't a jive turkey. Yeah. <laughs> People didn't like JYD because he was black. They liked him because he was cool. Yeah. All right. Anybody else got anything on Junkyard Dog? No, I'm good. All right. He's in now, so don't have to worry about him being on the ballot next year. We got him in there. Thank God. The next guy, the next guy that's on, that's in this year, I think. Let me check and make sure. Yes. No. No. No, I'm the odd man out on this one. This uh, uh, the four of us anyway. I'm the only one of the four of us that voted for this guy this year. It was his second year on the ballot, and it is Ed Farhat, the original Sheik. Um, and, and a lot of my votes this year are from that being of significance category because the Sheik, the original Sheik. Not only was he of significance to the territory that he fucking ran, you know, Michigan, Ohio, this area where I came from, it was, it's the Sheik and Bruiser and Dick the Bruiser's area, you know, that's why Dave Dynasty, who's, who like most of his historical stuff that he does is about the WWA. Every year he nominates Dick the Bruiser. Every year Dick the Bruiser doesn't make the ballot. And every year I go, (laughs) Dave, I'm sorry, but the Sheik. The Detroit territory, his significance to the business. I mean, you could argue the Sheik, the Sheik, and Terry Funk. I mean, yes, Fred Blassie to an extent because of the shit they did in Japan, but really, really taking hold of it. The Sheik and Terry Funk are the reason hardcore wrestling exists. Yep. Um, I agree. And just, you know, he's another one of those guys that just the, the, the captured the imagination of the people. You watch him run toward them people and they fucking run away, man, because he lived the gimmick and he was intimidating as shit. And I just think the uh, again of significance to the business to plant the seeds for the business that we've lived through our whole lives. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And that's why I voted for him. And that's why I voted for him last year. I think last year I actually nominated him to get on the ballot. And I'll say one more thing, and then I'll let you guys go. You do need, if you have not yet, you need to read the book written by friend, the our friend, the the friend of our Jesus, by friend of the show, Brian R. Solomon. His 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 biography of the Sheik is one of the best wrestling books ever written. All right, moving on, Aaron, the Sheik. Um. Not saying he doesn't deserve to be in, not saying that I wouldn't vote for him, but he was another guy that I looked at as I saw some other people ahead of him that I wanted to vote for. And his is more of a, I didn't want to vote for him because I saw some guys ahead of him that I had more knowledge of and had more kind of like what you said, Nate, like regional or childhood memories of you know Mm -hmm. what i mean yeah 
And I'm not knocking Sheik. I ain't saying nothing against him because that dude had one of the best gimmicks and lived his fucking gimmick better than, like, probably the only, I don't want to say it. He's almost like what we were saying about Abby of, was he the greatest worker in the world? No. But he was a great worker because he made people fucking believe that he was the sheep. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get too much into him just because, like I said, I, I didn't, I don't hate the guy, but I'm not knowledgeable enough to not vote for him before people that I liked before him if that makes sense yeah yeah mark I, mark archie do you either one of you have any comments i agree with what aaron just said i i did not vote for him because there were other guys i thought deserved to be ahead of him uh because i just you know i i didn't again like i said with bachwinkle and everything i don't have enough criteria on him to say oh he's one of my favorites you know what i mean right. you mentioned funk I agree. Funk is the godfather of hardcore. The Sheik may be as well, but I'd have to go back and watch in order to give you my full opinion on it. Mm -hmm. you know? right, hey, you know what? They're both in now, so you don't got to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I recently learned some stuff about him. Uh, I didn't know that when World War II broke out that he tried to lie about his age so he could enlist in the Army. Yep. And, but and then but then he did wind up serving two years after uh, being honorably discharged. Then uh, also, kayfabe was a real fucking thing for that man. Yes, and again, yeah. and and if you if none of you guys have or any of our listeners haven't read that book, and this isn't shamelessly plugging, Brian Solomon's not paying me anything <laughs> to say this. That book is fantastic. Like, I I got it because I just, I just like history. I like the historical shit. Just, just expecting to read another historical book, and then I realized it's like, it like, Bret Hart's book, Mick Foley's first book, and then the Sheik book are like my three favorite wrestling books. But anyway, um, I'm sorry, Mark, I didn't mean uh, to cut I, you off. It, I mean, it, it said he, he even instructed that his family and friends weren't never to address him by his real name to refer yep. to him as Sheik. Sheik, like. That man was living his gimmick. And they said, and, and another thing that I learned was that he was inspired by real life. Like, that's where that gimmick came from. Mm -hmm. Like, at, at first he started out as, uh, he, he was supposed to be some rich son of, you know, a, uh, one of the guys over there in the Middle East. And then he that just. Sultan, yeah. Yeah. Then, then he just dropped that completely and, and went to being the crazy motherfucker that we all come to her hear of. Mm -hmm. Oh, as well. So. And I absolutely. So our next, next inductee into the hall of fame this year is another one that is for me, I voted for him um, of significance. It was his first year on the ballot. Um, Aaron, I believe, also voted for him. Let me see. Archie. Archie did not, and Mark did not. So I will start this one. 
Our next inductee into the 2023 We Can't Wrestle Podcast Hall of Fame, Gorilla Monsoon. Um, Gorilla was a successful wrestler. Then he transitioned, and he was also... Where he is the most of significance to me in my life, watching him, obviously, is he was... Him and Mean Gene were the faces of the WWF, uh, along with Vince, of course. But they were the faces of the WWF during my kid fandom. And then also, talking about of significance, behind the scenes, there is so much of especially the national expansion of the WWF that is it just hinges on Gorilla Monsoon's presence. You know what I mean? He meant so much to Vince McMahon and that company and in its, in its, in its expansion and creating that juggernaut and just so important to the business, so important to that company. And he made the ballot this year. And I was like, you know what? He's one of the guys very, 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 very rarely do I vote for somebody the first year they're on just because of the whole, we got time, but I just was like, you know what? Gorilla's a guy I got to vote for. So I'm surprised you said I didn't vote for him because one of my favorite announcing duos is Monsoon and Heenan. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I'm really shocked I didn't vote for him. But yeah, uh, he, I, I didn't know enough. I, I I've seen him wrestle, and it was that's night and day when you look at his wrestling to his uh, announcing because as a a wrestler he was basically a heel he was a you know this big monster of a guy you know what i mean and then the when fu- he became an, an fu- announcer the funniest thing about his origin story is that the oh it's uh, nasty he, he it's was nasty they say he was he was discovered he was discovered in man he was discovered in manchuria uh bathing naked in a waterfall <laughs> yeah he yeah. was a product of Stu hart's dungeon too hey there you go Yes, he was. But then you That's get what I'm saying. Stu goes part. so back. Stu goes so back far that he trained Gorilla Monsoon. That's insane. <laughs> but then you get to his excuse me. You get to his announcing, and he was this teddy bear. You know what I mean? Unless yeah. he was arguing with Bobby Heenan. But you get this wonderful face that loved everybody and was you know he would put everybody over and. You know, even when he was talking bad about the heels, he would still give them their just due. And, you know, and then when he became the commissioner and the way he was, thank God he became the commissioner because I was kind of tired of looking at, um, who was the guy before him again? Um, Jack Jack Tunney. Yeah, I was getting tired of Jack Tunney. (laughs) And then when Vader took him out, I'll be honest with you, I was was pissed. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Monsoon was one of my favorites. Aaron? Uh, oh, sorry, Mark. Um, Mark, you can go if you want. No, I was just going to say uh, also that uh, the referee, Joey Morello, was his son. Yes. yes. Adopted son, but yeah. Um, the, the gorilla the was selected. Yeah, his, his Puerto Rican mama. Son, but um, <laughs> that's one thing I got in common with Gorilla Monsoon. I like big butted Puerto, Puerto Rican women, they do it for me. Will but, you stop? Um, <laughs> but, um, 
talking about his life in the business. Um, he was a great big man worker. Like I, I haven't seen every Gorilla Monsoon match, but I've seen a lot of them, and I enjoy his work. Um, he was a guy that, um, even before Vince Jr., Vince Sr. had enough um, confidence in him to know that Muhammad Ali is going to come in here and he ain't going to fuck with him. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it, that airplane spin was epic on Ali because he caught his ass yeah. off guard. <laughs> he yeah, did not it, know it, it was coming. It was kind of one of those things where this guy, Muhammad Ali, is coming out. He's an outsider of our business, but we're not going to put him in there with somebody that if <laughs> Ali tries to go into business for himself, is he going to be able to, the guy is going to be able to handle himself. You know what I mean? Right. And the other thing is, and this might sound stupid, but it's almost like I look at Gorilla Monsoon as being kind of the Tony Soprano of wrestling. Wow, good pull. You know what good I mean? Pull. Like, it's like this is the fucking man. Like, you can say what you want to say about this guy. You can say what you want to say about this guy. And you might be able to fuck with him. You might be able to fuck with that guy. But if you fuck with this guy, it's over for you. Like, he yeah. ran that goddamn business. And Vince Jr. would, if, when Vince bought that company, if all those other guys that were his partners, when, when Vince Sr. said, take it over, but take care of them. If they wouldn't have been around, they would have been, Vince would have been fine. But if he didn't have Gorilla, he wouldn't have been able to get anywhere where he got. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I guarantee that Vince C Vince Jr. was probably going to talk to people, but the fact that he had Gorilla with him was the reason that people let Vince into their buildings and their territory. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, that was along the lines of one of the last bullet points I had because that was one of the conditions when Vince bought that company from his father that he'd have to make several payments to Gorilla along with a huge balloon payment at the end. Otherwise, the control of the company would revert back to Gorilla, Arnold Scullin, and the other majority on owners. Phil Zacco. Wow. wow. Mark, Mark is on his today shit tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Gorilla definitely deserving of being in the Hall of Fame, and he was one of those guys, like I said, first year on the ballot, but I still voted for him anyway just because I was like, yeah, yeah, he's got to be in the Hall of Fame. Definitely. Yeah, Mon Monsoon, was, Monsoon was as close to a mafia boss in wrestling as you can get. Oh, yeah. You see the old school pictures of him, though. He looks like, he, look, looks like he, he'd be an Amish. <laughs> you know when yeah. he had when yeah. he had the, yeah. the big the big sideburns and stuff. This is, this is brother Hezekiah. Instead of, okay. instead, of instead of gorilla monsoon, he's gorilla Mennonite. Yeah. <laughs> so the next inductee, and welcome to the Hall of Fame, Gorilla Monsoon. The next inductee this year into the We Can't Wrestle Podcast Hall of Fame. The only one of the four of us that voted for this gentleman is Aaron. 
And he is one of those guys for me that I definitely want in the Hall of Fame. I'm glad he made it, but was one of those guys where I looked at the ballot and said I still got a few years. But hey, he's in now, and it is Ted DiBiase. So Aaron, I didn't vote for DiBiase. No, you did not. (laughs) What kind of crap was I smoking the day I voted? Wait a minute. Well, we're we're gonna go through who you voted for quickly at the end, so you can uh, you can you can atone for your sins. But okay. Aaron, I'll let you start on Ted DiBiase. Uh, he's my third favorite heel in the history of professional wrestling. Um, and when I say like my third favorite heel, like when I was a kid, it was because of the Million Dollar Man, obviously. But as I've gotten older, I looked at different territories and shit like that, like going back to like, you know, when he worked for Watts and everything like that. He was a great heel then. But just... The million dollar man character alone, you can't deny it. That's that's my third favorite heel, and I think the it might be the greatest gimmick in the history of professional wrestling. For that alone, he deserves to be in. But when you um, just wanted to like not acknowledge that bell to bell. One of the best workers that's ever existed in the history of professional wrestling. And then a lot of times people talk about like when Vince gets a guy, it gives him like a stupid gimmick and they have to like, like, you know, guys would go there and he changed their characters or whatever. He did that. But with, but with other guys, he'd make them change the way they worked and they do this or they do that. But the crazy thing about Ted was we're going to give you this million dollar man gimmick. And when he's out there doing his vignettes or his promos or whatever, he's this flashy million dollar man thing. But once the bell rang and he ripped off the pants and the jacket and everything, he was just Ted DiBiase. You know what I mean? He wasn't flashy. It was kind of like, it was kind of like when he got Rick, like he kind of, he didn't, he, he gave Rick a little bit more of a, like a flare gimmick, or does what I'm saying make sense? Yeah. Like the gimmick was the million dollar man, but once the bell rang, he was still Ted DiBiase. Like Vince didn't say, Oh, we need you to scale it up, or we need you to do this or do that. He knew the guy that he had was fucking perfect for the fucking role. And that million dollar man character alone is the reason that he should be in the Hall of Fame, but everything he did before that, he he deserves to be in it. Yes, bell to bell, he is one of the best workers of all time, one of the top five best workers. Okay, you said we say of all time, like we've said before, what I've seen, I can't attest to Bachwinkle and Stevens because I didn't get to watch him as a tag team. But anyway, bell to bell, one of the best workers I've ever seen, top five, and he is two of the best heels of all time. He is the Million Dollar Man, and he is also Black Glove Ted DiBiase in Mid-South, which was also a fantastic heel. So, yeah, I mean, again, like I said, I would say hands down, he deserves to be here. I'm glad he got in. I just didn't vote for him because I thought I had a few years. And to be honest, in the back of my mind, I thought, I bet enough people are going to vote for him to get him in. <laughs> so I'm just going to let it ride and vote for somebody else. I guess else I was the only person. You were, well, of the, of the four of us. Okay. And I know I got I, I know I went a long way around my back to scratch my elbow to explain why, but that's the reason why. 
Because, like, I, I look at that, too, of every incarnation of the guy's career, he was never bad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He was always the best thing on everything that he did. Well, um, for me, firstly, I'd like to thank Nate and Aaron for telling me to go back and watch Mid-South because I did not, you know, at a younger age, because I got to see DiBiase in Mid-South. And he was a certified badass. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was, I mean, to go, yeah, and the- he, was, he was great as the Million Dollar Man, but those were two different people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I also... Said, Great heel both ways. And a lot of people shit on it, and it's because it was kind of like a bad time in the in the business just for the business as a whole. I thought he was a great manager, too. And Money Incorporated. Money Incorporated with the, IRS was a great tag team. Yeah, when they, were, they, were hem, they were hemorrhaging tag teams. You could make a you could make a point or make a case that money money inc saved their tag team division because they were hemorrhaging good tag teams at that time. Yeah, the only hole in the DBST game, I never enjoyed him as a commentator. Like I didn't think he was a great commentator. That's mm-hmm. the only hole I saw in the whole in in anything that Ted DBSE did. But in ring manager just Everything else the guy did was fucking perfect, and I'm not gonna knock a dude for not being a great commentator because that's you know, whatever, yeah. But that's like the only time I was like, nah, I'm not a big Teddy guy in this situation, but everything else, y- y- you can't. If somebody would try to tell me no, I'd be like, ah, you are gonna stay here for 37 <laughs> minutes, and I'm gonna tell you why you're a fucking idiot. You said, you said, well, it's just a little thing you said. You know how my comedy brain triggers, but you were like, ah, in the in the uh, in the in the commentary, I was never a teddy guy. And I thought at the end of that sentence, I was going to be like, but everywhere else, I was a teddy bear. I was a teddy. Bear. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, Mark, did you have anything else on Ted DiBiase before we go to our last inductee this year? Oh uh, yeah, so I'm I can, just. Uh... So I can flip my fucking lid. Okay, I'll uh, I'll spew off my f- fun facts about him. That he was actually born into a wrestling family. Uh, yes. His mom was uh, Gladys Helen Nivens, who performed under the name of Helen Hield. She was a top star during her run from the 40s to the 70s, where she was a rival of the fabulous Moolah and Mildred Burke. Uh, his stepdad was Iron Mike DiBiase. He died in the ring. And... Ted himself was trained by the Funks. Also, wow. he de- he debuted as a babyface in the WWE because mm-hmm. once he signed the WWE, he started appearing at house shows in his in Texas in the summer of '87, working as a babyface and taking on one man gang on several occasions. But one night in late June, however, he him and fellow Texan Sam Houston. We're taking on one man gang and Ron Bass in a tag team match where Ted turned heel on his partner, abandoning him in the ring so Houston could suffer a double team loss. I yeah, like Ted, those facts. Those were good. Ted was actually um the first he was he was the origin of the Intercontinental title because he was the first ever WWF North American champion. I forget who what what happened with the title after him. I don't. To be honest with you, I'd have to go look. But anyway, 
that title became the title that they fictionally said that Pat Patterson went to Rio de Janeiro as the right. North American champion and beat the South American champion to become the intercontinental champion. So, so maybe, just maybe, Pat Patterson took the North American title by mistake. He grabbed the, long lung the wrong luggage, and when he got there, he traded it for some blow <laughs> and some male favors, <laughs> and then they handed well, him the, the intercontinental title. The blow is the male favor. Right. But, um Right, either or, right? <laughs> um, the, the last thing I'll say about Ted is, Mark, you brought up the fact that Terry Funk and Dory trained him. When he went to go work for Vince, Vince brought him up there and said, I have this idea for you. And he goes, he basically told Teddy, I have this idea for you, but I won't tell you what it is because I think it's the greatest idea of all time. And I need you to sign, and then I'll let you know what it is. And he called Terry Funk and told Terry Funk, he's like, Vince wants me to sign this contract with him, but he won't tell me what the gimmick is because he says it's the greatest get gimmick of all time. I don't know if I should do it. And Terry Funk was like, why the fuck are you calling me? Like, what are you <laughs> even asking me? If this guy won't even tell you what the idea is, it's fantastic. <laughs> just sign the paper <laughs> and the gimmick was the fucking million dollar man because Vince McMahon saw himself as three characters and I and I and he saw himself as the million dollar man he saw himself as Hulk Hogan and he saw himself as Lex Luger so anyway and he tried right. to be each one of those people in different carnations at the time in the WWE <laughs> the last inductee into the 2023 We Can't Wrestle Podcast Hall of Fame. At least now, I don't have to worry about him being on the ballot anymore. He's in now. It is what Fuck, it is. he sounds so defeated. I am defeated. <laughs> is, your, but for, is this your gripe, Nate? Yes. yes. And uh, the person that got in this be. year, the final inductee, and the one of us that voted for him was Mark, so I'm going to let Mark lead off. This thing. Well, I mean, he was handpicked by Ric Flair, 13 time world champion, even though none of those included WWE title. Um, he headlined the first and last Nitro with Flair. His first ring name was Flash. <laughs> yes, he teamed with the Ultimate Warrior, who I think was like Rock or something. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. He's undefeated, he's undefeated against Hogan. Only three other wrestlers were able to remain undefeated against Hogan, and that was Rock Goldberg and Brock Lesnar. Um, he's got the most WCW pay-per-view appearances at 99. That's over 20 ahead of the other WCW stalwarts, which was Ric Flair and Luger. And, I mean, as a, as a kid, I was a fan of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, it, when I go on my rant, know everybody that I'm not saying anything bad about Sting. <laughs> That's not what this 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 is. The Hall of Fame is not about that, you know. It's the guy should be on the ballot, and ultimately one day he should be in the Hall of Fame. 
But here I go. I'll say my piece and I'll move on. Sting was a decent worker. Sting impressed, impressed when he first came into WC or the NWA. He impressed Ric Flair. He impressed the Crockett's. And I can see why he was charismatic. Uh, the WWF on the other program had the Ultimate Warrior over there, painted face, charismatic, built guy. Flair gave him a chance. He definitely performed. My biggest things about Sting, and it's it's all about the criteria. It's it, it literally it's it's all about the criteria. To me, he was never a draw, and here's why I say that. Because Surfer Sting, when he was on top in WCW, revenue was tanking. And I'm not saying he didn't have good matches. And I'm not saying that he wasn't cool. But revenue was tanking. His, his presence on top of the company didn't raise the company to the top. He didn't pull the company up by being the top guy. Secondly, when was Sting the, top, the biggest draw he ever was? It was for the year and a half he didn't fucking wrestle. Right. It was for the year and a half he spent in the rafters. Um, charismatic, yes. Good worker, yes. Hall of Famer, yes. But does Sting deserve to be in the Hall of Fame before Mick Foley? Does Sting deserve to be in the Hall of Fame before Bob Backlund? Does Sting deserve to be in the Hall of Fame before Rick Steamboat, Sergeant Slaughter, John Cena, Rey Mysterio, Antonio Inoki. Fuck no. Great wrestler, great personality. I just I, I want to I wanted to start it off by saying I wasn't sh I'm not shitting on Sting, but it really sticks in my crawl that that we're four years in and Ricky Dozan isn't into this Hall of Fame, but goddamn Sting is, and it just drives me nuts. <laughs> and and he's in, and that's cool. He's a Hall of Famer. And and that's awesome, but and I hope I made my case. And Aaron Archie, if you have anything, or Mark, if you want to counter me in any way, that's fine too. But anybody else have anything? Yeah, to say? I made my piece. piece. I'm, I said my piece. I'd I'd like to piggyback off of Nate for a moment and say I agree with you one hundred percent. I even told Mark that last week and the week before that, and tonight before we went on the air, I mentioned that you know I. For Sting to be still be sullying his legacy in AEW at sixty something years old with Ric Flair and, and doing what they're doing now is ridiculous. And all of this now is going to turn into a match with the Young Bucks at a pay per view that doesn't mean anything is ridiculous. But furthermore, I will say this: Sting made a made a great chaser, the guy chasing Ric Flair or Luger. Or yes. root for the title. Yes, absolutely. He was the greatest uh, 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 contender for a title. You know what I mean? He won the PWI 500 a couple uh, one year. You know what I mean? He won Wrestler of the Year, most inspirational Wrestler of the Year. Four four years in a row. Him and John Cena's tied at four. There you go. Mm -hmm. But he was never a draw when it came to holding the belt, or even when he wasn't. If he wasn't in the world title picture, then he wasn't really drawing. You know what I mean? And when he finally did become a draw and he wasn't talking and he was sitting in the rafters, they screwed it up at Starcade in the booking that they did between him and Hogan so that afterwards his end, his title reign ended up being a flop anyway. Yeah. So yeah. 
That's that's like the that's like one of the biggest. Yeah, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds, but you are so right. correct. That is that is one of the biggest fucking what's the word? Kerbopple, perpunkle, perfunkle, kerfluffle, something. in wrestling history is the way they yeah. fucked up that sting shit. And the only thing that's worse than that is when he finally got to the WWE, they ruined his booking there too. And he got injured because they let him take a backwards powerbomb into the turnbuckle from Seth Rollins. So, look, is it bad booking? Yes, it's not his fault from bad booking. But obviously there was something to it as well. So that's why I didn't vote for Sting to get into the Hall of Fame. Yep. And a few years from now, a few years from now, maybe I would have voted for him. But there's there's just so many that deserve to be in that we have on this ballot before him. And right. And again, Mark, you voted for him and enough people did this year to get him in. So, you know, he has some support out there and that's, that's great. But Aaron, I think you're the last one to chime in here. You say something about Stang? Stang. <laughs> Stang. I, I, I enjoyed Stang. I have no problem with him, but I don't think he is a hall of famer. At this point, I mean, as a kid, I enjoyed him, and as an adult, like, I enjoy him, but I just don't think that he's, like you said, um, and Nate, you said we're going to go through our suggestions and who we yes. picked off the list, right? Yes. Okay, well, I won't, I won't say anything other than the fact that of the people that are on my suggestion list and the people that I inducted from the ballot, none of them or all of them deserve to be in the Hall of Fame before state. So that's the only thing I'll say. You, you know, he also got away with blatantly rip, ripping off Ric Flair's woo. <laughs> woo! <laughs> yeah, he just put his hands over his mouth when he did it. Right, he blatantly ripped it off. But well, I mean, I mean yeah, but to, look to his credit, though, you did mention he was handpicked by Flair. So right. if you're gonna rip somebody off, you might as well rip off your mentor and the guy that put his heel on you. You know what I mean? Right. Look, yeah. They're still today. They're still side by side today. <laughs> they are the Felix Unger and Oscar Madison of the wrestling world. You know what I mean? The grumpy men. You know, wings. <laughs> All right, so that's it. That's the 2023 We Can't Wrestle Podcast Hall of Fame. Um, that's who got in. And again, at the beginning of the episode, I went down the ballot, so you know who's on the ballot, folks. So I'm just going to go through here real quick on our for each of us, and I'm going to run down who was on the ballot that we didn't vote for. Or who was on the who we voted for on the ballot that didn't get in? I should reverse that, and then right. um, look at some nominations that we also all threw out there too. Some of them made the ballot this year, some of them didn't. Now the people that were on the ballot that I voted for this year that did not make it, and I'm going to give a, and everybody can give a very brief or whatever, whatever you know, reason for why you're going to support that person in the future or why you supported them this year. Because for me, JYD, I voted for him. The Sheik, Monsoon, Stu, voted for all of them. So they got in. Uh, I did vote this year for Ray Mysterio Jr. Boo. 
the greatest, aye, 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 aye. the greatest, the greatest luchador to ever wrestle in the United States. A career that is unparalleled in his yeah. category. Um, I voted for Antonio Inoki. Uh, that speaks for itself. This was the first year he was on the ballot, but I thought he deserved my vote. I didn't think he'd get in this year, but I just I I, I threw him a vote anyway. Well, I, I voted mean, I, due to your criteria criteria being the significance. Anoki right. in Japan, hand in hand. And speaking of being of significance in Japan, can I just say, can I beat my dead fucking horse? Because he's been dead for a long time, actually. <laughs> can I beat my dead horse about, and this was the th this was the thing that really made my fuse go off with Sting. Because how in the fuck has Ricky Dozon been on this ballot for four years and he's not in our Hall of Fame? There is no Japanese wrestling without Ricky Dozon. Um, I vote for him every year. He's my hill. I told you, Aaron, Stu Hart, you finally got to get off your hill. I think I might actually die on my hill because if Ricky Dozon doesn't get in <laughs> next year, that's his fifth year on the ballot, and he they will go back him. into the nominating yeah. process. They can bury you next to him then. I just don't know. I don't know, man. I just don't know. I just and does how not many, know. How many votes does it take to get into the Hall of Fame? It depends on how many people are voting because essentially what I do is I put the ballot out right. and then say we say we have 14 uh, panelists, everybody you votes. You need at least eight. You need at least seven then, or eight to get them in. Yes, and then once I get once I get the – well, no, once whoever gets the – whichever star gets the most amount of votes till I get to eight people in. Right. You know, so – because Ricky Dozon only got three votes. Yeah, but after five, they have to go back to the end of the bus, right? After the five years bus. on the ballot, they have to go back to the nominating process, yes. So if, if yeah, Ricky so Dozon doesn't get in next year, he's out unless we get him nominated back in. That sucks. But anyway, the last guy that I did vote for that was on the ballot this year. He's going to be Ricky Dozon. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was good. Sorry. Now that he doesn't deserve to be on it. Sorry, buddy. The last guy that I voted for that was on the ballot this year that it definitely deserves to be in a Hall of Fame, a wrestling Hall of Fame, because he really is, at this point, one of the icons, one of the biggest stars in the history of the business, a long, great career. John Cena deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, and I voted okay. for John Cena. Um, you and, know why I and, didn't vote for John Cena? Because you couldn't see you him. couldn't see him. No, because I can't stand him. <laughs> There's a difference. Some people that I voted or that I I put to nominate this year. Um, just real quick, these these I won't even really comment on. Just so it's known that I I put their name in there. Uh, Chris Jericho, who did make the ballot, I do believe oh. he has had a Hall of Fame career at this point. Oh. Phil Phil Mushnick, come on. Oh. Okay. Um, another of the guy that I Mark and I talked about this one time, what he considers modern and what I consider modern because I'm an old fuck are different. <laughs> but another guy with Cena that I would consider a, a modern guy that deserves to be on the ballot. He didn't even make the ballot, actually, was Randy Orton. I nominated Randy Orton. I nominated oh. I nominated Pat Patterson. 
Uh, he also did not make the ballot. I nominated Eddie Guerrero, who did. I nominated Rey Mysterio, who did. And I nominated I nominated Gorilla Monsoon and Antonio Inoki, who did. So there's that. So that's the there for the record. Who wants to go next? I'll go next. But Nate, do you want who I inducted from your list, or do you want who I suggested first? I have them. I have them right here. I'm going to say them to you. Of who I and in, in, inducted. I, it's all here, right here. Well, I mean, I can read for myself. I. Okay. <laughs> but go ahead. So who Aaron? Who Aaron voted for that was on the ballot this year that got in were Gorilla Monsoon, Ted DiBiase, Stu Hart, and Nick Bockwinkle. So we'll start here. Uh, someone that you voted for on the ballot that didn't get in this year was Kane. Yeah, well, she should be. I'd put Kane in before Sting. Bob Backlund. I'd put Bob Backlund in before Sting. I like how Aaron's theme is I'd put whoever in against over Sting. <laughs> He's going to put Sting in the cross chicken wing. <laughs> I'd put Techno Team 2000 in before Sting. Um, yeah. Arn Anderson. I'd put him in before Sting. And Rick Rude. I'd put him in before Sting. And Sting actually has my favorite Sting matches with Rick Rude. I agree with Which that. Which is funny because my favorite Ultimate Warrior matches are with Rick Rude. But anyway. Um, you know what? My those... favorite my, my favorite Ultimate Warrior matches are with another Hall of Famer, Ted DiBiase. But anyway. Go. Um, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Um, do I go down my suggestions or are you going to read those? Um, or are we not doing our suggestions? No, your suggestions that made the ballot were Gorilla Kane for this year, and then um, and if you if you want to if you want to speak to any of them really quickly, you can. Um, Aaron suggested or nominated Jim Crockett Jr. Yeah, the Dynamite Kid. Oh yeah, actually he should be on the ballot by now. I don't know how he isn't. Jake Roberts. Again, another guy that's on the ballot that, that's not on the ballot that should be. It should be, yeah. The Freebirds. <laughs> how they have it? That's crazy. Yeah, how are they not on it? Von Eric's made it Nominate on the ballot, him. but the fucking Freebirds did. <laughs> Nominate him then. <laughs> <laughs> Don well, Morocco. Everybody I nominated this year, none of them made it into the ballot. So what, what does my nomination mean? <laughs> Aaron nominated Don Morocco. Great probability there. He's so coming down. One of the greatest fucking promos in the oh, history. Oh, he is. He's one of the greatest promos in the history of the business. There's no doubt about it. The original rock. Yeah. Before that also, Dwayne Johnson chomp. <laughs> Aaron also nominated <laughs> Ivan Koloff. Oh, that's there. a good heel one. Can I say something about Koloff real quick? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think Koloff should be on there, not just because of like him beating like the pin drop and all that, 
But like when I'd read books or listen to like guys from like the eighties talk about professional wrestlers, guys talk about Koloff, like like guys like Brett and and, and Mick and Sean and all that. They talk about Koloff how guys now, and this might sound stupid, they talk about him kind of like how guys now talk about like Taker or Steve. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, where this guy showed up and they're like, this is fucking Ivan Koloff. And they sit there and they talk to him and he's learning. He was so knowledgeable and humble. And 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 he he was he's kind of like Terry Funk, you know what I mean? Where he was just like, eh. like like he didn't think he was the biggest dude in the room, but everybody knew he was the biggest dude in the mm-hmm. fucking room. You, you know, know what's what I mean? crazy? I don't you know think he also, gets talked about enough. You know what's also crazy about Ivan Koloff? Like most of what most of what we have seen or what we have gotten to watch of Ivan Koloff is Ivan Koloff and Crockett, right? Yeah. Because that's that's what is the most that's out there. Or like late, late 70s, early 80s WWF. If you ever get a chance to go watch anything from him during like the time when he was feuding with Bruno and stuff, he was a scary looking motherfucker, man. And he could tear it down, man. Yeah. That fucking match with him and Pedro was a fucking barn burner. Mm-hmm. It's fucking great. And, and 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 like I said, I don't know if it if it was stupid what I was saying about him being like an Undertaker type guy. But no, I all those guys were all just like, "This is fucking Ivan Cole." Yeah, he's I definitely a very high regard, a generational talent. Absolutely, yes. yes. Archie Mark, who that might be that? that might be my new hill, guys. That oh, might be my new hill. I'll, I'll I'll go next. My the people I voted for on the ballot were yes. Um, Let me see here. Bruiser um, Brody. Uh, yeah, you voted in. for Brody. Uh, I voted for Trish Stratus because I thought I thought you know that's a trailblazer in the women's division and and she helped rejuvenate wrestling. And she does. She does. <laughs> uh, Sherry Martell because in my opinion it's a travesty she's not in. You know what? You know, and I I, I, I don't want to cut you off. That, but that's why that's why I, I I go through these instead of you guys going through it because then when you're talking I'm like I'm cutting you off I don't want to cut yeah, you off fine. if I'm going to vote for a female and probably next year I'm probably going to vote for Sherry right um, she's been on the ballot a couple of years and if there is a woman other than Mula that I think does and Mula's not on our ballot so unless somebody nominates her she gets nominated I can't. But if there's a woman I'm going to vote for that's on this ballot, it's definitely Sherry. Um, she was actually one. You know, you always have those couple that are on your vote list, and then you're like, oh, I got to scratch them off and vote for this person. Right. And I look at my thing here, and it, I vote. I voted for Sherry, and then I scratched her off and voted for somebody else because, like, oh, I want to vote for this person. So definitely Sherry. Oh. Well. In regards to Mula, we only got one room for one pimp in in, right. in the Hall of Fame, right? And I'm saving that for Charles, right? Right, I agree. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, introducing from Columbia, South Carolina, the fabulous Mula. Bow, 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 bow. Anyway, uh, I also voted for the only Eddie pimp I'm going to vote for is Ivan Koloff. Did you ever see when he wore that that fuzzy hat? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
who wore it better, him or Tony Khan? But anyway, Archie. Uh, I also voted for Eddie Guerrero, Jimmy Hart, mm-hmm. Rick Rude, because mm-hmm. in my opinion, Rick Rude is one of the biggest badasses and best heels in wrestling. Uh, Vader, because one of the best big men, if not the best big man in the business. And this is the guy I feel is the biggest travesty. This is my hill that I'll die on. Uh, Arn Anderson. How do you have a damn Hall of Fame without having double-A Arn Anderson in it? And Arn has been on the ballot for three years now. I believe I nominated him, but I'm not sure. Yes, I think you and Aaron both. Yeah, I think you and Aaron both initially got him on the ballot. Yes, but he's been on the ballot for three years. As for my nominees, when we when you asked me to give you the list, Dustin Rhodes, because his whole transition throughout his entire career was phenomenal. And and I just want to I just want to throw out just real quick because when I saw that you had nominated him, mm-hmm. which when I saw that you had had put him in as as a as a suggestion, it kind of like peaked. You know, I was like, oh yeah, that's you know right. And and I because you you don't think because Dustin's always he's never been up to that. They not that he's not that at that level as a worker. But nobody's ever elevated him to that status, you know, right. that world championship right. status. So he's had this fucking 30-year career. And feuds with some of the best wrestlers, Rude. You just, yeah, and you just you know? don't think about it until you're presented with it. Right. Exactly. And can I say one thing about him? Go right ahead. He's one of maybe the handful of guys that the older he's gotten, the better he's been. The better he's getting, yes. Yes. And I, I like, feel like, that... Seriously, the- I, I, I mean, like, I'm not an AEW guy, but how old was he when he had that fucking match with Cody? And that was... It was only, what, four years ago? Five four years, years ago, right. Right. Yeah. And it was fucking stupid. It's like this guy should not be this guy. Yeah, actually, actually, and I hate I hate to I don't want to I don't want to get in the weeds at all. But me and a buddy of mine that's also a wrestling fan, I was talking to him about a how AEW the other day we were talking about it and how I was like I had high hopes for AEW when it started, but now you watch the show and now it just seems already like it's a dead promotion. Right. It's like watching right. watching AEW year five is like watching world class year twenty six. But <laughs> he was like, "When was it? Like, <clears throat> I don't even know when it started going downhill." I was like, "Well, I'm mean, actually AEW peaked at Cody versus Dustin." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was like, "It's like, dude, that was like, line. he was like, that was like four years ago." I know that's when it peaked. <laughs> it's the only oh, yeah. good match they ever had, or the only good storyline they ran. I mean, I, I just can't keep up with 87 champions. I just can't do it. John right. Moxley even said something about it on social media. He was he even go look at it. I don't know what exactly what he said, but he even shit on his own company about and in, in Japan about having too many titles. But anyway, Archie, back to your list. <laughs> um, I, I nominated Trish mm-hmm. and she did make the ballot but did not get in. I nominated Jimmy Hart, who again, one of the best managers in the business. Uh, I nominated Scott Steiner because I think our Hall of Fame needs a little bit of Steiner math. When we're counting those. 
you know? How could 142 points point to one of the third chance be wrong? Yeah, like that's how that's how Sting got in this year. Fucking Steiner right. <laughs> um, I nominated next year, the... next year when we all try to find out why Dink's in. <laughs> this guy Steiner. 33 and a third, man. It was 33 right. and a third. 33. We needed a, a small person. <laughs> I dominated a uh, a trailblazer in the cruiserweight division, Ultimo Dragon, who mm-hmm. only oh, yeah. retired a couple of years ago. Um, Raven, because the forget about his career, the mind for wrestling of that man. You know what I mean? The the way mm-hmm. he can I think if somebody made him a booker, their company like if AEW brought him in as a booker. Whole company would turn around. You know what I mean? At least yeah, for a little while anyway. Gout over. <laughs> uh, I nominated the Harlem Heat, which Mark nominated Booker T. And I said, you know, I I, I like Booker, but I liked him more when he was with Harlem Heat, in my opinion. They were a great tag team. And speaking of tag teams, the team that another hill I'm going to end up dying on because they just can't seem to get in is Demolition. And I don't know why. So, yes, and and they um, they definitely yeah. deserve to be. They haven't even made the ballot yet. So, just comes the smash. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mark, do you want me to go through yours, or do you want to go through them? Uh, you go through them. I'll just comment if I got anything to say. All right. So, the people that Mark voted for that were on the ballot this year that got in were Sting, JYD, Bruiser Brody. The people that were on the ballot that Mark voted for that did not get in. Firstly, The Rock. We weren't smelling what he was cooking this year. He's been on the ballot three years now. Oh, yeah. then he needs to put the spice in that food. He's a he's a hard one for me to vote. I guess of significance, I could vote for him. But I just like his like big run, although it was stupid successful, it's just so short. Right. Yeah. But but I just kicked myself in the nuts because the same thing with JYD. His big run was super short too. So there you go. It's you know you, you sometimes you contradict yourself. <laughs> um, um, can I say one thing on that, and then I'll shut up for the rest of them. Maybe I don't know, but <laughs> the reason I say JYD over Rock is JYD was the man. Rock was one of the five men. Good point. That's then, a really good point. That's a really good point. You would have Rock without Mick. You wouldn't have Rock without Hunter, and you wouldn't have Rock without Steve. Uh, Mark also is right there with me on the John Cena train. Mark voted for John Cena. Um, you cut me off if you have anything to say. Um <laughs> Mark also voted for Chris Jericho. Mark voted for Rey Mysterio, much like I did. And I wanted Mark to vote for Jericho. I wanted to vote for Jericho, but I signed an NDA, so I couldn't. Me too. That's yeah. That's why I didn't vote for him either. <laughs> you I can't geez. comment on it. And then. Um, Mark and I were having a conversation behind the scenes one day, and I told him I thought these guys got the movie bump this year to get nominated. And he voted for the Von Erics who were on our ballot, David, Kevin, and Carrie. I said, I think the Von Erics this year in the nomination process got the movie bump. No, no love for them for Mike or Lance. 
Listen, carry for carry for that motherfucker to have one leg hit it very fucking. Oh well. yeah, yeah, and I'm not shitting on them at all. I just like until this year, nobody. When I was doing this whole Hall of Fame thing, there were a couple people that brought up Carrie, but nobody ever brought up any Von Erichs <laughs> whatsoever. Not even Fritz. And then this year, I noticed a few people nominated the Von Erichs as a group, and I was like, "Yeah, that's a movie bump." You know, they got the movie. I, I put mine yeah. on there, except uh, for I put in parentheses minus Fritz. Right. <laughs> there is well, there no. is one fame. There is one fame that I will say has brought up a Von Erich in our in our universe, and it's the Hollow mm-hmm. Shade, which Fritz Von Erich's part of. Yeah, right. Yeah. But then we got, we got to talk about me. that 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 moment that we became a fan, and, and literally that Carrie is when I became a fan. Him, yeah. him versus the Warlord, I was like, holy fuck! You know right. that whole uh, that whole thing they got going around now, big men smacking meat. Yeah, <laughs> that was big men smacking meat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not watching no. that. I don't know what that yeah. is. That's not on my YouTube. I can attest to how big of a of a tornado fan, Tex Tornado fan, Mark is, and because of his fandom, I I became a, a more of a Carrie Von Eric fan. Um, but I can say this: um, after seeing the movie, because I didn't know that much about Fritz Von Eric except for watching one of the documentaries about the family, Fritz was a piece of shit. Yeah, and he deserves to be in the whole shit. <laughs> he was he was he was he was not a good human being. Not at all. Not, Not at all. Being. If that movie is only, is even fifty percent true, then goddamn, how do you do that to your children? You know, don't cry. But I will, don't I will say, but I will say, Mark, um, Carrie Von Eric was fantastic. Like you said, um, <clears throat> a lot of people talk about him having the one foot, and that was the tail end of his career, and he had a lot right. before that. Yeah, and. Just the Von Erics as a whole. Um, Kevin's still alive, thankfully, and I, I wish they all were. But Kevin actually, like a lot of people talk about David and how he was going to be the NWA champion and this, that, and everything. And David was great, but Kevin's the best one out of all of them. I he was the best one, worker. Yeah. He, yeah. he was the best worker. He had the best promo. You know what I mean? Like I just think Kevin's yeah. the best Von Eric, in my opinion. Right. And that's, I, I'm not, I, I haven't that. seen the fucking movie, but I've said that forever that I think he's the best one out of all of them. The the movie's not bad. I, I actually enjoyed it. Yeah, I did too. I did too. But uh, yeah, the, definitely the part, especially the part where the uh, today's Tom Sawyer mean mean guys playing and mm-hmm. fucking they're rushing into the ring to fight the Freebirds. Yep. Great, great depiction. And then the people that Mark nominated to the ballot. Um, let's see. Mark nominated Eddie Guerrero, who made the ballot. Ray Jr. Ray Jr., who made the ballot. The Von Erics, who made the ballot. And then some that didn't make the ballot that Mark nominated. That are some were, really good fucking nominees. They are. And they are. Um, Booker T., he talked about a. It's hard to it's hard to argue that he's not Hall of Fame worthy because, I mean, he's a, even, he's, even he's, though, in the, 
he's another tall. guy. He's another guy that had this really impressive long career that just when you're talking about every wrestler that ever lived, you just kind of forget about him sometimes. Right. You know, it, but also he's part of the one of the most funniest fucking moments in wrestling history. Hulk Hogan, we coming for you. Expedition. Well, I'll back you up here, but two actually, Mark, because the grocery store fight with Austin is one of the best things they show. Whenever there's like a best of uh, top 10, it's always in the top three. You know, clean up on I 5. You know what I mean? You guys talked about the the entertainment side of it. Um, And I know you want to keep it. Where we've kind of eclipsed the time that's, that Nate wants to do. That's fine. I got I got to step away for a second anyway. So go ahead and talk about Booker. Um, I was talking to Nate about this the other day. Book is the backbone of what I think is one of the least talked about best in ring in ring times in wrestling. And it is the 97 through 98 WCW television title division. Oh, yeah. When it was Book Saturn? Yeah. It it was Book, Saturn, Martell, Finley, Benoit. And that's, I know we don't, whatever, but like that's one of the main reasons this is going to talk about. But it was like those five guys. At that time, were actually putting out the best fucking in-ring matches in North America. Oh yeah, and nobody fucking talks about it anymore. <laughs> also, during that time, was him and and Benoit. You know that best of seven they had, and it was yeah, fantastic. and it was it was for the TV title. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So. It's like that that division, like everybody talks about the cruiserweight division, which is cool. Don't get me wrong. And then, like, the Attitude Era with the WWF or whatever, but just bell-to-bell North American wrestling from that 97, 98, it was the fucking TV title. And Book yeah. was the backbone of it. I, I feel I like we need a GI Bro Elite. Yeah, that wouldn't be too bad. That wouldn't be too Ooh. bad. Although you could make one. Yeah, get get the champion, the the Tommaso Ciampa pants from that elite, and uh, you know, just paint a Booker T, paint Booker T with camouflage on, <laughs> or or get a GI Joe. Yeah, switch him with a GI Joe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, but Booker was leaps and bounds great. Like, oh, yeah. he's great on the mic, great in the ring. Of significance, obviously, to that, like Aaron was saying, that TV title division. There's just yeah. he meets the criteria for sure. And let's let's be honest. Um, of all the WCW guys that went to the WWE after they bought WCW, Booker found a way. Vince hated everything WCW, but once he went into that whole King Booker thing and became King of the Ring and became World Heavyweight Champion, he was on then. You know what I mean? So, yeah, Booker definitely deserves a spot in the Hall of Fame. Somebody else that Mark nominated that didn't make the ballot this year was Ron Simmons. Damn! Damn. Damn. <laughs> also nominated Edge. Yes. Eh. Uh, 
historically though, for historic value, him Ar- and Christian Archie Archie literally just changed Edge's name to Edge. <laughs> him, Christian, the Dudleys, and the Hardys. And I agree with that point. But yeah, the man that, got very bad injured and was told if you wrestle again, your your neck is a stack of dimes that can break very easily. And I get that he had a surgery and I get that he rehabbed and he's back now. But he is sullying his career for no reason. So that's why I won't vote for him. No, I mean, I don't agree with I don't agree with the whole him going to AEW thing. But for his time, even when he came back to WWE, I'm saying, yeah, you know, I mean, it was pointless. But yes, the early part, fantastic. And the five second pose. Come on, guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we we can't hold a guy's comeback against him without about putting him in the Hall of Fame. Because, I mean, we put Ric Flair in, and he fell asleep in his fucking return match. <laughs> he fell asleep. What are you talking about? Did anybody... Did, well, do you watch it? He, he, he fell asleep dressed like Barney. <laughs> Nate, do you watch AEW? Or no? I, ha- I have... Not... Did, I, okay. Yes. I, I don't you, know. I don't know if I watch it. You That's how I so like if somebody asks Ric Flair if he's awake. Yes. Uh yes. yeah, I, I don't know. Okay, so the reason <sighs> I say it, the reason I say I haven't watched this week's Dynamite, no. Okay. The reason I say the re, you said do you watch AEW? And when right. I when I think about that, what I think about is every week, good or bad, whether I fast forward a lot of it or not, I right. watch Monday Night Raw. I watch SmackDown. I watch NXT. I watch uh, Ohio Valley Wrestling. Right. There are weeks I just fucking skip AEW. So right. Do right. I? Yes, I watch it sometimes, but I don't. Right. I can't say I watch right. AEW. Mark, do you anyway. watch AEW? I'll be honest with you. Hell no. Okay. <laughs> There's a reason that I'm asking this question because we mentioned Ric Flair. He came out this week with Sting and Darby Allen for a tag match to be their manager. And the graphic read, 21-time world heavyweight champion in Hatred Boy Ric Flair. And I'm sitting there thinking, so he even had to lie when he went for an AEW job application? Yeah, his application. Owner yeah. of Wings and 21-time you know I mean? world champion. It's like, why? You know, <laughs> so yeah, Flair is a, yeah, I agree. But when we put Flair in, when did we put Flair in the Hall of Fame? A couple of years oh, ago, right? For, the first years? year. Oh, the first, yeah. the first year. So yeah, he wasn't he wasn't during a comeback. This was that was never mind. Move on. <laughs> Mark also Mark also nom- nominated Degeneration X. Good good nomination. Yeah, yeah, I mean, come on, guys. We we got to do that one. And last and certainly not least, and I say certainly not least because I didn't nominate him, but when you did nominate him, I was like, yep, strong case. And he might be on my nomination list next year because I can make the case for JBL. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to go from Justin Hall Bradshaw to Bradshaw, the, the new Blackjacks, then to Bradshaw with the APA and then World Heavyweight Champion. Yeah, I agree. He well, and those, those, well, those, those, about- those post, those post. Those first, like, maybe three years post-WCW mm-hmm. on SmackDown, 
on SmackDown. Right. Other than Paul Heyman's booking of Lesnar, Angle, and Big Show, they're kind of rough. They're kind of rough. And JBL is a shining fucking light during that period. I agree. What I'll say, what I'll say about him is, and I'll die on this hill, is that I think he's the last great actual wrestling heel. Yeah. Good point. Like he Good didn't want to go out there and be the cool heel. The only one of people. Like he wanted no. people to fucking boo him out of the building, and that's what a heel's supposed I, to be. I would actually make him one A in that. That would make him one A. Who's one B? The, the the only the only you said last great. So we're talking like his period on, right? Mm-hmm. The yeah. only guy that I would also say classifies is like I'd have one A and one B. Fucking two thousand nine, Randy Orton. Not bad, yeah. Yeah. 2009 Randy Orton is a fucking heel run, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I'm not I'm yeah. not taking anything away from JBL. But like, yeah. So I'd say Orton and, and JBL are one A and one B for last great wrestling heels. Yes. All right. So before we end, I'd just like to say one thing. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, listeners. And to the other voters that are not on this show right now, I implore you next year to vote for Ricky Dozon and Demolition. Thank you. <laughs> yes. We gotta we gotta we want Ricky Demolition into the hall. Ricky of Demolition, fame. there you go. Ricky Demolition. <laughs> or Dem- That's Dem- it. De- Demodozon, Demolition. whatever you want to call it. I like that. Demodozon. Like that. <laughs> That's it. I'm nominating Power Warrior now. Oh, <laughs> oh so we all society? we all get a sh- we all get a <laughs> shitty we all get a shitty nominate. Oh, you said Power Warrior. I'm sorry. I was thinking of, I was thinking Kensuke. I was thinking of that fucking Warrior uh, indie. Re- anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but yeah, Aaron, Archie, Mark, thank you for joining me for this conversation about the Hall of Fame. You know, it's my favorite thing to do every year. And uh, unless you guys have any other parting words for this segment, we're going to bid our listeners adieu. The boys are back in town. <laughs> I'm going to poop, so I'm good. Demodozon, bitches. Team Demodozon. All right, there you have it. The latest 20, the 2023, I guess that's the latest, the 2023 class of the We Can't Wrestle Podcast Hall of Fame has been crowned, has been inducted, and there's a conversation with... Uh, Aaron, Mark, and Archie, I want to thank them for joining me, talking about the Hall of Fame. Again, like I said, I'll have a couple more episodes coming up with different members of the panel. And I think, actually, we're even going to do an episode of Reliving the Extreme with Aaron, Chad, and I just talking about the class of 2023 over on that podcast as well. So you can check that out, too. Um, but anyway, that is what's going to be coming up. I appreciate all of your support. And and after we're done with the Hall of Fame episodes, we have decided to do to do another one of those things where we trudge through. I think last time it was like nine or ten episodes of the show, but we trudged through a Pro Wrestling Illustrated 500. It's a blast. And this time around, we are going to, going to do the PWI 500 from 1994 so stay tuned for that i'm looking forward to that and so much more coming up in the new year here thank you for your support and we'll see you next time around on the we can't wrestle podcast